Well, hello, everyone. This is Dana Shea, and you are listening to Real Relationship Talk. Welcome to episode 63. If you've been following along with our Marriage Vow series, you undoubtedly know that the next phrase that we were going to discuss in this series is in sickness and in health. Now, don't be alarmed because I know you're probably like, wait, 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 that is not the title of this podcast. And I know. All right. So let me be real with you guys. As I was editing this episode, which was supposed to be our next installment in the Marriage Vows series, the audio was not good. It was not good at all, you guys. And I am so appreciative of our guests. We actually had a special guest on for that episode. And hopefully they will be willing to re-record their part because I am committed to a spirit of excellence. And I don't want to just put stuff out that's not good. And the audio just was not good at all. And so at the last minute, I had a decision to make. I don't like to skip weeks. I think, you know, first of all, I want to honor your time. And I want to honor those of you who are subscribed to this podcast and you expect content every week. And so I want to make sure that I'm delivering that content. So what I did was I looked at one of our highest rated podcast episodes. And it was actually a part of our relationship mistake series way back in episode 11. Now, coincidentally, this episode, episode 11, aired almost exactly one year ago on October 27, 2020. And back then, the episode was called How Apathy and a Lack of Interest is Silently Killing Your Relationship. As I said, it was a part of the Relationship Mistakes series, and I believe it was the first episode in that series. And since then, you guys, so many people have come through our website based on that one podcast episode. Now, what you might not know is that that podcast episode was inspired by a YouTube video that I did probably three, four years ago. It was called Falling Out of Love with Your Spouse. And that YouTube video is also one of my most watched videos on YouTube. So shameless plug, if you're not already subscribed to my channel, you can go ahead and do that now. Just look up Dana Shea on YouTube and you'll find my channel and go ahead and subscribe there. So in a nutshell, the YouTube video and the podcast episode together has really put me in front of some couples that I have been able to coach through this process, through people just losing interest in their marriage, through people becoming passive, or maybe you married a passive spouse and you're like, okay, how do I actually get out of that situation? I, of course, am not going to counsel you to divorce, but I do want to be able to help you to get out of these apathetic or these passive seasons in your relationship. So sit back and relax. Even though this episode is a year old, you are going to find that it is still valid for today. And you are going to be able to find the advice that my husband and I share because surprise, surprise, Sean's on the episode today. And so what we're sharing with you today is timeless. And I hope that you will walk away from today's episode thanking God for this sweet repeat. So let's get into today's show. Well, as I was saying earlier before we started recording, Sean, there's um, just a lot of people I feel like who are feeling like they're falling out of love with their spouse. And I think we have a lot to say about this. Um, I recorded a video for YouTube probably about two years ago, and it was, I think I called it falling out of love with your spouse or something like that. I'd have to go look up the title. But 
a lot of people, even to this day, two years later, have still been commenting on that video. And so it just really made me realize that this is an ongoing problem in a lot of people's relationships. I think a lot of people married and single who are in relationships feel like they're just not in love like they used to be. So I wanted us to be able to talk about this because I know I can relate. I don't know how you feel, but I know I can relate to this. And I think that what we have to say will actually be a big encouragement to people. I mean, how could you really fall out of love with someone as beautiful as you? Oh, I mean, hmm, brownie points. I'm not sure how you can <laughs> fall out of love with me, but, you know, I can't speak for you. Um... But yeah, it probably is an ongoing, well, it's not probably, it is an ongoing issue in today's day and time. And unfortunately, unfortunately, you have to work at it to um, get past it. Yeah. So let's just talk a little bit about, I think, one of the number one mistakes. And for those of you all who who haven't already downloaded my free ebook, it's called Five Relationship Mistakes That Are Wrecking Your Life. And so this is mistake number one. We're starting off a new season and we're going to really dive into these different mistakes that a lot of people are making in relationships. And I think one of the biggest contributors to why people feel like they're falling out of love is really this feeling of apathy. And apathy is not a word that a lot of us kind of throw around in our regular everyday language, but it's a word that I think affects a lot of our relationships and we don't even realize it. So Sean, if you had to define apathy, what would you say that is? What does that mean to you? First of all, I had to make sure you weren't talking about empathy, right? (laughs) I get those, uh, those two's a Two are very close and, um, you know, change the A and E and you have almost a completely different word, different meaning. Um, So um, a lot of times probably when you said that, um, I probably thought you were talking about something else. I am weak right now. I am so (laughs) weak. Okay, so let's just take a little pause and say empathy and apathy are actually pretty opposites, right? Like, so if you have empathy is what we want. So all these conversations I've been having with you, you've been thinking I've been talking about something totally different. I mean, just being real. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, would you like for me to define apathy? Yeah, it might be better if you define it. Okay. (laughs) Well, apathy is basically, it's just a feeling of not caring. It's, It's when you've lost interest. It's when you're just, you're disinterested, you're disconnected. And it's just this general sense of, I don't care. Almost like all is lost. What's the point of trying? I'm just gonna give up. And you might not give up to the point of like filing divorce papers, but you might give up in the sense of, I'm not going to try anything new. I'm not going to try to put any more effort in this relationship because I just don't care. It's basically a general lack of concern or interest. Mm. It's pretty good. Um, That's a great definition, great way to define it. That is uh, pretty tricky, Um, I think, for the females well, both male and females experience it at different times in a relationship, I feel. 
Yeah, I think one of the things about apathy is that it it can be normal, you know, especially when you've been in a relationship with somebody for a long time. I mean, we've been married for 21 years. So for us to think that there's 21 not... 21 years, give it up, give it <laughs> up. <laughs> clap, 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 yay. Um, but for us to think that there's never going to be times that we feel like, oh, I'm not necessarily in love or I'm not as interested as I used to be. Like, I feel like there's a part of apathy that is normal to every, every relationship, you know, like you were saying, I don't know if the fe- I don't know if I believe that if the female experiences it first necessarily. I don't know that it's like a gender specific mm-hmm. feeling, but I do believe that to your point, I don't believe that couples always feel apathetic at the same time. Like, and and it doesn't necessarily mean that anything is wrong in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So there might be no real quote big problem end quote, but it might just feel for one person like they're just not feeling it anymore. And I think what's scary is a lot of times when you can't even define why. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, I'm just not feeling my spouse right now. And that could last for a couple of days. It could last for weeks or months, God forbid, years. And you can't really define what that is. And so that's what I want this conversation to do is to help couples, women, men, whoever happens to be listening, to be able to define when you first started feeling that way. And then how can you actually begin to get out of the pit? Because I really do feel like it is a pit. I call it in the ebook, a relationship mistake that's wrecking your life. And so I want to be able to help couples to be able to to not stay there. That's good. That's really good. Um, As I was listening to you talk, I mean, one of the biggest things with apathy that kind of goes hand in hand with that, how to get out is communicating. Mm -hmm. And I really think if you guys can't communicate well, then apathy is going to be hard to explain to each other. You know, you might be feeling a certain way. And if you can't communicate it to me in a way I can understand why you're feeling that way, then it's like, what's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. Or if I'm feeling a certain way and I don't feel safe to communicate that with you, then how do you how do you go about? I mean, how how do you communicate that? Yeah, I think, first of all, it's having you have to be honest with yourself about what you're feeling and not. Not, I think women tend to um, push our feelings under the surface a lot of times. Like, yeah, I know I'm feeling this way, but... We do too. But no, no, you're right. I think whether it's the, the husband or the wife or the male, female, if you're not married, um, I think the first thing is being honest about what you're feeling and trying to think of the causes. Like, again, as I was saying before, like trying to go back and, and think, when did I first start feeling this way? And one of the things that I realized is that a lot of times in our relationship, it's not that you've fallen out of love with your spouse or it's not that you're just, you know, you woke up one day apathetic. It's continued disappointment over time. Maybe like you, you've tried to explain to your spouse, you need something from them. Maybe it, if you're a woman, I'm going to speak from the female perspective. So if I'm saying, Sean, I really need more more quality time with you. That's my number one love language. So if I feel like I'm not getting that from you and I keep telling you that maybe I'll plan a date night and you're like, no, I'm really tired. I don't want to go out tonight. Or um, if I'm like, hey, you want to go to the store with me? Or hey, you want to watch this movie with me? Or whatever it is, if I'm trying to pursue you and I keep getting rejected, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to grow apathetic. I'm going to be like, you know what? Been there, done that. I'm not going to keep doing that. Because it's kind of like a self-preservation defense mechanism. I'll tell you, that's good. I mean, really, it's not a male-female thing. I think it's, it's just a human being thing. Mm-hmm. I really think anybody 
that goes through that is going to feel that way. Yeah. Remember, whether you be male or female. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I was just saying, I'm speaking from the female perspective. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I feel the same way. Yeah. And so, and again, there's different interests. So I guess you have to is it give and take. I think communication, like you were saying before, right? So it's like, yeah, you have to, it is give and take, but then you also have to understand like, why am I feeling this way? Okay, so A, I'm feeling rejected. All right, I own that. So I realized that my spouse might not be intentionally rejecting me. Maybe he is just genuinely tired. Maybe his his plate is so full that he just doesn't want to expend any more energy right now. Or maybe there is something going on in the relationship that he's not saying. And so instead of just being honest and upfront with me about it, he's like, no, I'm good. And, you know, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but, you know, the feeling of being disconnected and not really knowing how to reconnect. Um, I think another thing is sometimes people are just insecure in themselves. And so if you're insecure in yourself or if there's something that's not going well in your life, maybe it's on a job, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm thinking about if I'm at work and everything's going wrong at work and I feel like I'm disappointing my supervisor or I'm disappointing the people that I'm, I'm trying to minister to. You guys know I'm a pastor. So if I feel like I'm, you know, disappointing them, then sometimes that might spill out into our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I might feel like, well, my goodness, if I'm disappointing them, then maybe I'm disappointing Sean. So instead of pursuing or instead of actually moving towards you, I will inevitably even subconsciously move away from you. Mm, that's pretty good. We talked about communication, but are you saying that somehow you should separate your work and home life? I mean... As much as possible. I mean, I think in an ideal world, that definitely should happen. People should have those boundaries. But I think you know, like when you're friends, like you and I are married, but we're also friends. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be things that happen at work that I'm going to come home and I'm going to tell you about. And so that separation isn't always as as neatly defined as what we would want for it to be. Another, I guess, contributor to apathy is sometimes... I know I could speak especially for women and especially for moms. Like when you've got a lot of little children and you have a lot of responsibility on your plate, or maybe even for a guy, if you have a, a job that is that is very demanding, sometimes you can just be overwhelmed. Like there's too much going on in other areas of your life. Mm-hmm. You just don't have the the energy to give towards your spouse. Mm-hmm. And so they might look at that as like, you don't care about me anymore. And that begins to make them feel rejected and so then they mm-hmm. mirror what they feel they and i know i can speak that's my thing that's like my weakness is if i feel like you are being distant then i will become distant mm-hmm. or if i feel like you are being a little snippy with me i would be a little snippy and for me if i'm past something going on what I want from you is the other word, empathy. Mm, look at you. <laughs> look at you. So, but, and when I don't get That's it, good. then comes along to apathy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. So, tongue twisted there. So, it's pretty good. You know, hey, that's, I mean, it was just, I just thought of that right there, right then and there when you actually sit down and look at it. Right. Right. Yeah. So, I think, you know, when you recognize that in your spouse, that they are pulling away, you can't pull away too. That's the time to pursue. Right. And that's hard, especially when you feel like you're always the one pursuing. Tell me about it. 
No, I'm saying I feel <laughs> like I'm always the Excuse one. Excuse me? <laughs> oh. All right, we, we need some little coaching on the side <laughs> outside of this podcast. This is obviously striking a nerve with us. Um, but it's interesting because I think a lot of the, the couples and women especially that I, that I get to work with and minister to, a lot of them feel like they are always the ones buying the marriage books, attending the marriage conferences, asking their husbands to pray with them, asking their husbands to do this with them. And it gets to be old after a while when you feel like you are the only one or the main one trying to keep this relationship going and to, again, go back to what I was saying in the beginning, feel like you're being rejected over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So what the solution is versus just you just being like, okay, I'm done. I'm out is I'm good. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Right. And so a lot of women then begin to shut down emotionally. And so I think that's the thing that we're trying to avoid because, you know, I call apathy a silent killer Mm -hmm. because it's not screaming and fighting and yelling and hitting and all that craziness, right? It's not all the drama that comes in a relationship, but it's just as devastating because you're not talking. When you're not talking, that's when it gets serious. Right. But what I'm hearing you say actually is, what I'm hearing both of us say is that when we are not meeting the expectations that we set when some the other person isn't, that's when apathy comes. Like you you just mentioned going to get the books, going to marriage conferences, going to invest and stuff. And for a guy, we're we're out here making the bread, paying the bills, doing all this, you know, all the maintenance on the house, doing these things. And we're like, why aren't we being appreciated? You know, you don't care about me. You don't, you know, you don't ever appreciate that. You know, you always want to talk about going to this conference, going, doing this and look at so-and-so. So it's really what I'm saying. What I'm seeing is there's no happy medium. We're thinking, you know, because you're not meeting my expectations, you don't care about me. Mm-hmm. And you're feeling because you're not meeting my, I'm not meeting your expectations. I don't care about you. Mm-hmm. When we're both speaking the same language, we just don't know how to communicate it to each other. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So immediately I thought about Gary Chapman's The Five Love Languages mm-hmm. because, you know, those five love languages, we all experience love and give love in different ways. My number one love language is quality time. And yours is. <laughs> That's tricky. I mean, I would say I like to give gifts, but I like words of affirmation for me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like, okay, quality time, quality time, that's what I need. That's what I need. That's what I need. And you're like, words of affirmation is what I need. Then exactly what you said, Sean, like a lot of times we we're trying to get to the same goal, but we're getting there total in totally different ways. And so we're missing each other. Mm -hmm. And so because we're constantly missing each other, we're constantly disappointing each other. And it's that constant disappointment that leads you to feel like you're not being loved or your spouse doesn't care about Mm -hmm. you. And so So then to defend myself, to protect my heart, really, to protect myself, then I'm just going to act like I don't care. Mm. I'm going to go through the motions. I'm still going to be a, quote, good wife. I'm not going to go out here and do anything crazy with anybody. But I'm going to just kind of go through the motions and, you know, and, and maybe I'll get that quality time, that need, I'll get it met through someone else. I'll mm-hmm. get it met through my friends or I'll spend more time at work or I'll do right. something else to to fill that because I'm feeling like I'm not getting that from from you. Mm. Just for example. Uh oh. Just for example. You got an example or that <laughs> no, was I was your, saying that um, was an example. Yeah. I mean honestly my go to is work. Yeah. Because you know 
I find fulfillment in my job. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a public servant. And so when I get recognized by someone for, oh, wow, thank you for what you're doing. You're good. It's like, I feel valued. Mm-hmm. And that's what I expect from you. You know, if I don't get it, well, let me go to work because I know I'm going to get it at work. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's my go-to. You know, I also have a lawn care business. And I put effort into it, you know, and when, when I finish, I know I'm going to get appreciated. And if I don't, I'm like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. You know, like I put all this work in, you know, and did extra then. So that is me, like I said, the words affirmation, but, and I also think what happens again, you know, like I said, we don't, we don't meet because you want the quality time mm-hmm. and I want the words affirmation. So I'm like, well, I don't want to spend time with you if you don't, want to recognize what I'm doing and mm-hmm. why I want to go out and go out to here and do this with you and spend hours and hours just to be told I'm nothing. For the record. You don't say, I'm just giving an example. <laughs> for the record. Because do not even, I'm like, do not even be trying to act like, um, but I, you know, I, and I feel you because honestly, my number two love language is words of affirmation. So just like I know, like I need that, then that's, that's good to know also. And I knew that, that about you. I still feel like your number one love language is gifts, but that's no. all. Gifts, that's a whole nother conversation. The gifts thing is I don't like to be asked. If you surprise me with a gift, mm-hmm. then all right, we're good. Because you put effort into it. Mm-hmm. I got you. So there Still we go. It's gift. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. So what I want to, what I want us to talk about too, Sean, is, you know, a lot of times couples feel like um, they're being taken for granted. And that's kind of like what you were just talking about. Like if, if you're going out and you're working and, you know, you're providing and I'm not really appreciating that, then that's obviously going to make you feel like, she's taking me for granted. Right. And so then it would be easy then to fall into this apathetic state. Yep. Like, okay, well, fine, then I'll do the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to expect anything from her. Do you remember when we were in Italy a few years ago and one of the girls had this T-shirt on? She came in the elevator and her T-shirt said, no expectations, no disappointments. I don't know if you remember that or not, but that really like stood out to me. Obviously, all these years later, I still remember that T-shirt, but I I felt honestly, I felt kind of sad for her because I thought, wow, like if you don't have any expectations. I yeah, felt that way for a while. Yeah. I mean, it can make you it can it can protect you, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's such a, a shallow way of living. I'm not going to expect anything from my spouse so that when they disappoint me, it doesn't hurt as bad Mm. because I wasn't expecting anything anyway. I haven't necessarily felt that way about you, but I felt that way in life. Mm -hmm. You know, now I went for a very long period of life feeling that way. Like, because, and I lived it that way. I mean, that's why I kept to myself a lot because like, I'm not going to get hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, if I don't expect anything on anybody, I do what I'm expecting, but I don't expect anything in return. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I think that's an eye opener, hopefully for so many people that are even listening to this today that you need to have expectations and life, you know, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but life is full of disappointments. I mean, it's full of great happy moments too, Mm -hmm. but if we feel like we're going to go through this life and we're not going to have people who we love disappoint us, then I think we're setting ourselves up for failure. That's true. And, And you have to look at it. I've changed my whole perspective. I mean, I've I've tried to take every encounter 
as a learning situation, you know, disappointment or um, for anything that good, good that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, you try and learn from every every encounter that you may have and you use it to help other people, per se. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think some of the ways that apathy can mask itself is and this is so interesting because like when I really started really like thinking about this and and really studying it, um, a lot of times it can mask itself as you just being too busy. Like, again, I'm thinking about the the mom with all the little kids, right, who's just overwhelmed. And her marriage isn't necessarily the primary thing on her mind. So when her husband comes knocking at the end of the night, she's like, I'm I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm just I'm I'm too busy or I'm tired. I'm tired. That that shows up a lot of times in marriage. And really what she's saying is, I don't have any energy for you. I don't really have any interest in you right now. But most women aren't going to say that to their husbands. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have any interest in you. So the nicer thing to say is, I'm really tired. And so I think that that can look like, again, being too busy, being too tired, having a lack of interest in trying anything new. Mm. So I'm learning some things here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't, can't use those words anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just playing. Just oh, playing. yeah. Just playing. <laughs> it's going to be a long night for you tonight. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, like a lack of interest in trying anything new. So this could be like, let's say even like a new sexual position, right? If you, let's say the couple is still having sex, but it's just like boring. It's just gotten to the point where it's just the same old missionary position every single night. And maybe one of the one spouse or the other will say, hey, let's try something new. And the other spouse is like, no, I'm good. You know, they, they again, are going through the motions, yeah. but they're not necessarily willing to try anything new. Or it could be that when that wife presents that marriage book to the husband, he's like, no. Or, hey, why don't we go for some marriage coaching? That mm-hmm. that might help us. No, I'm good. They're not really willing to try anything new. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's one of the ways that it masks um, itself. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it makes ourselves in different ways. And the busy is a, is a pretty good thing for guys. I mean, because we can find ourselves busy doing just about any anything. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, it's a lot of it. Again, it's timing plays a big part in it, too. You know, and um, timing because you might might be might not be feeling it at that very moment when you are feeling it i might not be feeling it mm-hmm. and then we got to deal with the whole rejection like oh he rejected me you know like or she rejected me and it's just not a, a opportune time yeah you know like so how do you recover from that yeah and i think like again those moments are just normal those things are going to happen in marriage you're not always going to be on the same wavelength you know you're two totally different people with two different desires different schedules a lot of times so some of that is normal i think what i'm talking about is you know when couples have this prolonged feeling of you know you're saying no to sex every night and it's been 2 weeks it's been 3 weeks it's been 2 months you know like it's been 2 days most people <laughs> <laughs> Most people do not think two days is that long of a time to go between sex, but that we we will have to have another uh, conversation about that. But you know, so 
I think it's like the prolongedness of it, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. been two months and there's just been no interest. There's been no dating. There's been no real conversation. All your conversations revolve around kids or mm-hmm. work or the neighbors and whatever. Like it, these shallow conversations. That's when it's a problem. That's when the apathy is becoming a silent killer right. that is, again, wrecking your relationship. And so... I think we can help couples to know, okay, so we see the problem. We we know that, yeah, I'm feeling this. I felt this. Maybe you're feeling it right now. You're feeling apathetic towards your spouse. How do you get out of it? How does a couple make that turn? Or honestly, this might not even be a couple situation. You can be apathetic in your job. Yep. You know, you can be apathetic at your church or with your friends. A lot of times people let friendships go because of apathy, because they've been disappointed too many times. Mm-hmm. And there's just there. Um, someone said your head knows there's a problem, but your heart doesn't care. Mm, and so, true. yeah. And so it's like, okay, how do we round that corner? Because I believe that relationships are worth saving. Right. All relationships can't be salvaged. Yeah, there's sometimes you're going to have to let some folks go. But for the most part, I think if we can learn how to round the corner, then we can not only save our relationships, but our relationships can be even stronger as a result of it. I mean, one thing, Dana, is you have to be, I always struggle with this word, vulnerable, say it for me. Vulnerable. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to be willing to communicate, as we talked about earlier, because if you can't communicate and you can't be open to that, you know, give yourself like, Dana, I'm, I'm really feeling this way right now. Mm-hmm. And hope for the best that you receive it and willing to do something about it. I mean, you... You might not take it right then, but hopefully you'll process through it and then come back to it. And then there's a conversation you can have, open communication that we can have with each other. I know for me, for years, you would say something. I didn't want to receive it then. And I would hear it, but I would I would need to process through it. And because if I didn't process right away to you was a rejection, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I was able to say, can you at least give me a day to process through it? Because I just don't want to give you an off the cuff answer. I want to process through it. And make sure I can I can back up what I say. Mm-hmm. And so once we start having those types of conversations, I think we were able to communicate a little bit better and how we feel, you know, and it's still a struggle for me because I don't like rejection. Yeah. So if I tell you something, I'm still I mean, it, it may take me a day to finally come out and say it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I have something to say, because, you know, I'm just I might be pacing around, I might be looking at you, I might just be there. And mm-hmm. you're like. Do you want to talk about something? And I'm like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and so verse, you know, and I think for you and on the other hand, it's different because you don't care when you're ready to talk, you talk. And right. so I could be doing whatever and you just go into talking. And I'm like, I was kind of doing something. And if I doesn't, if I don't stop, then I feel rejected, yeah, right? Because like, <laughs> quality time. I'm like, I need you to give me your attention right now because I have something to tell you. And yeah. so I think you've gotten better too. It's like, okay. You got a minute? And I'm like, yeah, I got a minute. Let me stop. Let me finish what I'm doing. Yeah. And then we can have this conversation. So, again, that was work we had to do. We had to recognize it where we were lacking in ourselves mm-hmm. and also where the other person was lacking. So we had to come together and find a way to fix it. Right. Yeah, so. yeah. Communication is huge, Sean. I think huge, huge, huge. And this is a trick. A lot of times when you're the one who's feeling apathetic, you are not going to be the initiator of the reconnection. Mm-hmm. A lot of times it's the other spouse. And so 
we have to always have our eyes open and we always have to be sensitive to what our spouses are going through. And so if you're feeling, I'm just, let's use me and you and I for an example. Let's say I'm the one who's feeling like you're apathetic, like you're not really giving me any attention. You're not really pursuing me. You're not really trying to connect with me. So I'm like, wow, Sean's really apathetic. I can't probably sit around and wait for you Mm -hmm. to to come to grips with that. Like, I'm going to have to bring it up to you and say, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Now, with that, I'm also risking rejection. Right, right, right. right, right. And so I don't like rejection either. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to him and I'm going to say, knowing that his response could very well be, I'm good, I'm fine, there's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. So I think if you're the opposite spouse or the opposite person in the relationship, you have to be vulnerable, like you said, you have to be willing to risk that rejection, but you have to understand that the reward always outweighs the risk. Right, right, so right. the the reward is reconnection. Mm-hmm. It's saying, listen, both of our lives are really busy right now. We have got to find some place, some way to reconnect. Mm-hmm. And I love there's a scripture in Revelation 2. I quote it all the time. And it's where um, Jesus is talking to this to this church. And he tells them, he says, you, lo- you lost your first love. And then he says, go back and do the things that you did before. Mm-hmm. And that is always my go-to answer when someone says, how do I reconnect? How do I, quote, fall back in love? I think the whole notion of falling in love is a myth anyway. Like love is not a ditch that you just were walking along the street, minding your own business and you just fell in there. Like love is a decision. It's a choice. It's, it's constantly preferring your partner. Right. And so just like you fell out of love, if you will, you can fall back in there if we're going to use that Mm -hmm. analogy. And so I believe that how do you, how do you reconnect? How do you fall back in love? How do you gain those feelings of of interest and concern again, it's going back and doing what you did before. You remember, um, I don't know if you remember a couple of years back when we were kind of at odds, we were in the apathy stage mm-hmm. and we we're trying to come out of it. And I was like, I would have basic, simple questions like, you know, what's your favorite color? You know, you like, I don't want to have these conversations now. I want to have something deep. I want to mm-hmm. have something deep. And to me, it was like going back, starting over. Right. Because I didn't realize you had changed. Yeah. And, you know, like, I you still... You were not paying attention. I still thought your favorite color was okay. a certain certain color. And you're like, it's changed. I'm like, okay, I need to start over. I need to get to know you again. Yeah. You know, start all over. You know, sometimes it takes something basic as that, you know, like just basically starting over from square one. Because you might not know your spouse or your friend like you thought you did. That's good, Sean. No, it's so good. And I think, you know, going back and doing some of those things that you did before, like what did we used to do when we used to date? Sometimes it wasn't all like the, you know, expensive restaurants. Our lifestyle has changed considerably since we were teenagers. And so we can afford to do different things now than we weren't able to do back then. But sometimes it's just going back to how we would just walk around the neighborhood and talk. Or Mm -hmm. we would do other things that I'm not at liberty to say on the podcast. (laughs) You know, know, sometimes it's just going back and doing those things and rekindling the flame. Right, right. And I genuinely believe that every marriage is salvageable. I mean, unless you are married to like a psychopathic, narcissistic, murderer, pedophile. Like, I mean, right. I mean in if, that situation. If both people want to put the effort in, I, yeah. really, I feel it's salvageable. Right, 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 right. Oh, well, this has been a great conversation, Sean. I think, you know, we 
definitely have to make a commitment to not fall into this trap of apathy in our own marriage. And like you said, just really paying attention to the other spouse, or maybe I said that, um, paying attention to (laughs) the other one and just making sure that we're continuing to pursue each other and connect with each other. I agree. Ditto. You're the boss. I do everything you say. Hmm. (laughs) So now that we know what apathy is, now that we know what we can do about it, I want to encourage you to take action. You know, the opposite of apathy is activity. And the opposite of being passive is being passionate. And so maybe you need to go back and do those things that you were doing before. Do not allow passivity to ruin your relationship. Now, my heart goes out to so many of you who might be feeling the rejection every day, who are feeling that disconnect, that overwhelm in your relationship. The good news is you don't have to stay there. You can choose today to make changes in your relationship. You truly do have the power to do that. And the good news is that you don't have to even have the participation of your spouse or of your partner. As long as you make the decision that you are not going to stay apathetic any longer, or if you believe that your spouse or your partner is the one who's being apathetic, that you are going to be vulnerable and brave enough to bring these conversations up and actually do something about it. I believe in you. I really do. I believe in you. So go after it. You can do this. Remember to head on over to my website, danashay.com slash relationship mistakes to download your free ebook. You'll be able to learn all the five relationship mistakes and you'll be able to avoid them even before we get to the next episode. So can't wait to see you guys on the next episode where we will be talking about relationship mistake number two. Be sure to share these podcast episodes with anyone that you know could use this information. What a gift that would be. I know if someone shared a good relationship podcast or a book or a message, even a sermon, something, if I was dealing with problems in my relationship, I would be eternally grateful. So thank you all so very much for your support. Be sure to rate this podcast and write a review, if you would, wherever you are listening to it. Thank you so much for listening. Be well and have a great week. I'll see you on the next episode. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.